Hello, heroes and dreamers. I am Peaches, your host today on Campbell's Corner. How would you advise somebody to tap that spring of eternal life, that joy that is right there? Well, we're having experiences all the time, which uh, uh, may, on occasion, render some sense of this, a little intuition of where your joy is. Grab it. No one can tell you what it's going to be. I mean, you've got to learn to recognize your own depths. Welcome back. We're in our whatever number episode this is. But we're talking about unicorns. And what better person to have with me than my guest? I'm Amanda Drakars. Nice to meet you, Amanda. Uh, everyone listening, say hello. <laughs> But yeah, so we're talking about unicorns, and I mean, I can already tell that, I mean, we haven't met before, but I mean, I can already, I can feel it coming off of you. Unicorns are special, just like they are to me. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to, I'm just going to get us kicked off and started. Let's go. We're traveling across the seas to China. Okay. We're going to talk about the Chinese chillin, which... In popular culture, recently was featured in uh, the newest Harry Potter and the Fantastic Beasts movie. I haven't gotten to see that one yet. It was okay. It was better than the second one, but still not great, in my yeah, opinion. Once I saw the first one, I was just like, yeah, do mm. I really want to waste my time? I mean, the first one was pretty good. I mean, I thought it was... that it had a good balance between like, hey, let's talk about fun creatures and remember nostalgia and all this other stuff. And da-da. so, and I liked that. But then the second one, I was like, what's happening? I'm so confused. There's no middle act. There's what? Or maybe it's all middle act and there was no rising tension. I don't know. I was, con- ah, bleh, bleh. <laughs> who knows? But so we're talking about the chillin. Okay. And a chillin or a kirin in Japanese, I think. But a chillin is very non-traditional in terms of like what we think of as unicorns. European unicorn. Yes. Yes. And there are, I mean, like South African mm-hmm. unicorns and, and, and Indian unicorns and stuff like that. And they don't, they have the single unicorn, or the corn horn or mm-hmm. <laughs> unicorn horn horn. <laughs> How many times can we say unicorn in one sentence? <laughs> the unicorn had one horn and the unicorn had, I don't know. The unicorn's horn was held at a... <laughs> at a 90 degree angle. And <laughs> we were talking about math earlier. Yeah, it's we just were. still on the brain. We were. Um, anyways, but the, the chillin is very much uh, non-traditional. It has, it, it, sometimes it's depicted as having one horn. Sometimes it's depicted as having two or three. It totally depends. Um, a lot of majority of the pictures that I saw was very much two, um, and it's kind of like a chimera e thing, less less like I said, quote unquote, the traditional unicorn and more um, chimera. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, but ah, <laughs> uh, the wonderful, wonderful notes. All right. Uh, so. The chillin features predominantly in it's it's how do I put it? The chillin is a uh, 
mythological creature that is one of the four lords of the mythological creatures. So there's the chillin, there's the dragon, there's the phoenix. And the turtle. And the turtle, yes, yes. And so the chillin is all about the animals that had fur and were, I think, quadrupedal or something like that. I think it was, I think if I remember correctly, it was broken up into the phoenix was of air and fire. Uh, I think it's just birds. Yeah, but it's also of like, sometimes they could even consider bats, anything that flies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think dragon was anything of water. Anything with scales and things like that. Yeah, that were. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, then turtles was anything with shells. Shells, including crabs. They considered those. Yeah. Um, But I think, yeah, I think unicorns, I think their version of the unicorn was anything that was basically quadruped. Yeah. Beast like. Mm -hmm. What we would probably more on the earth or the ground or the. the, Because I mean, that makes sense because four elements, four. Lords of yeah. creatures. Yeah. Yeah, because and I think that is one of the things that I think the whole subject of unicorns is, is that almost every single culture is kind of been obsessed with a quadruped that only has one horn mm-hmm. when almost everything else that does have a horn comes in twos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're obsessed with it. Right. And it's interesting, too, how the well and like the chillin is more dragony, more, more that. And then the Japanese kirin is more of a deer. Yeah. And it's like so. And 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 uh, I think it was in the 1400s or something like that. But the somebody brought a giraffe back from Africa to some Dude in China, I can't remember which emperor it was, but it was one of them. And they were like, here's a chillin', we got it for you. And he's like, I don't know about that, but that's cool. And like a yeah. lot of people were like, yeah. wow. And so then giraffe was associated with it. And because mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, they had those little tiny horns and they were really exotic looking. And Well, and it had a face that was completely different than anything they've ever seen. Yeah. And Long the ox nets. tail kind of. Oh, the, yeah. The, the cloved hoof, the so on and so forth, which all fits with oh, yeah. what they were talking about. Same thing with like the, <laughs> where the, it's like, oh, it's a rhino. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, that's a unicorn. And a lot of people were like, no, I mean, it's, it, that's the unicorn or, or a donkey with one horn or something like that. But then, um. Yeah, but it's interesting where, I mean, like you said, we all there's always there's a unicorn everywhere. There's well, always unicorns. Well, and I think that's a lot of, a lot of mythical creatures, are, universal, mm-hmm. and we depending on where we're at, we're going to look at what's around us and match it to what we understand. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that is hard to pinpoint where like unicorns come from is was it something real way, 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 way back when, when we were all basically hunter gatherers and it was something that was seen Mm. or was it chimera like, was it the best parts of all the animals that we really liked because they were tasty cool, or or they were strong. We could never catch them. So they had a mystical spiritual aspect because we Mm. could never touch them. Mm. And 
I like that idea. I like that kind of the untouchable, like taking. I like that. That's that's interesting. And it, I mean, it adds to the mystical quality. And it, I mean, it, and we did the same thing in the in the uh, European. Yeah. Well, and I think folklore. Well, and I think it's it, you know there's a concept kind of skipping but coming back mm. is dragons. Mm. Um, there's some concepts that dragons are the things that humans are afraid of. Okay. They're scaly. They're clawed like a t- big cat. Mm. They have teeth and they have things of whatever predator that would have eaten us. Mm. Because we're not afraid of dying as much as being consumed. Ooh, yeah. Okay. So if you look at unicorn lore, most unicorn lore has this untouchable, mm-hmm. the unachievable, the uh, innocent, the the pure, the pure. There you go. Yeah, the untouched, mm-hmm. and I think that's a part of why we really get gravitating towards that kind of symbology. Mm. Is this is a creature that has? It's not your donkey. It's not your horse. It's not the deer you're hunting, and it's something that can fight you but doesn't. Mm-hmm. It represents something greater than like the violence. It represents like, well, like in 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 uh, European folklore, like with King Arthur, like the unicorn was in King Arthur's adventures all the time, mm-hmm. and I mean, and that was because I mean it was so heavily Christian, so heavily you know. Well, because a lot of people associated unicorns with Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, there it was that purity. It was that elevated, unachievable beauty, mm-hmm. and their purity of it. But it was also kind of dangerous mm-hmm. because unicorns are supposed to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. All of the legends of da- unicorns of any kind, they're dangerous. Yeah, they don't want to fight, like you said. But they will if they absolutely have right. to. In the in the in the defense of justice, in the defense of innocence, in the defense of good. Mind you, I'm not very good with names, and especially names that are not vocabulary that I've been born into. But I can't remember which one it was. But I think it was an Asian legend that one of their unicorns were judge judges. Mm. They could actually see into the heart of somebody. That's the chillin'. Yeah. Yeah. They they are they are prophetic. They can see exactly into who you are as a person and then they can they I mean that's how the 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 emperor was chosen. That's how they they that, that's uh, where Confucius was born yes. because a chillin' was like I cough up a jade uh, tablet that says all this, you know, like he's going to come, like he's, he's he's arriving, blah 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 and it's like a king a king without a kingdom, I think, or something like that. The greatest king that will ever be. Or something. I can't yeah, remember the exact, but, but yeah. High, high, high elevation for this one woman who just goes, oh, okay. And I think that is something that a lot of the unicorn legends have. Is they are, I think even the, maybe even the same, same Keelan um, is that they never walked and couldn't wouldn't even step on an ant? Yes, they did not step on blades of grass for they did not want to harm anything. They would step on the air and they would step on 
I don't even know if it, if water was, I don't even know if water was one that they could step on, but yeah, never stepped on yeah. anything because they didn't want to hurt it. They didn't want to, yeah. Well, and it, it would give that same experience of that, again, it's high, mm. it's elevated, mm. you know, and I think. Do you think that, do you think it's like a, almost like a, like a goal? Almost like it, you know, like the, we always had the the idea, like King Arthur had the goal of of the purity of the unicorn to to aspire to, and the the emperor had the wise chillin to aspire to. Do you think it is kind of tied with that, like that idea, or I think in a way it is, mm. um, because humanity doesn't always walk in a straight line. Mm. We kind of walk backwards and forwards and we scatter around. Mm. So for some, yeah, it would be a goal. Mm. But it's also in the concept that we look back and we see that we are no longer walking in that same purity. Mm. Especially with European culture is that we didn't have that we were born with sin because most of your middle evil medieval <laughs> medieval history mm. you know we're guilty before we're even born that's super true and you know you talking is making me think of the green knight and his journey and and just like the what a what a what a tale and it, it's kind of depressing but i mean i mean it's really depressing but yeah it's yeah interesting so, but I think it's also a way to explore what does innocence and purity mean? Mm. Because here is this creature that has all the characteristics, even wherever you pick them up. These are the characteristics of an animal that can flee us or fillet us. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it chooses not to. Mm. And it chooses not to. It has all of the weapons, and it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And all we have ever done in any of these stories, I've tried to kill it. Yeah. Even the, the, where the emperor, you know, <laughs> I believe there's one story where the the somebody tried to kill it, and I believe they did kill it in one of the legends. I think to it was, get the horn. To get the horn. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, if it was one of the representatives of the four elements, the four lords, mm. you just killed a lord. Mm. But it's, it kind of also shows that humanity has a tendency to take what is beautiful and sacred and crush it mm. to make something so they don't get poisoned. Mm. Or to use the bones to make medicine. Mm. Or to use it for dowsing. Mm. Using it for our own tools. We're taking something that has nothing against us. Mm. And we destroy it. Mm. And that is, I think, where the purity is a warning. Not only something to achieve, but it's a warning is here is this thing that has not done anything but good to us. Mm. And all we want to do is 
take its horn because somebody might poison us in a party. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's also the concept of of using magic from animal parts. It's who knows, maybe the unicorn in each culture was literally a recipe for something. Something. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean the the whole the legend of the horn being this great panacea or whatever that people sought after. I mean, people would pay a lot of money just for a I mean a, a horn that I mean was up. come from a Norwal? Yeah. 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 Or from a rhino or from from something else, a deer or whatever. But yeah, they would yeah, for sure. Well and it's not just the past. Mm. It's right now. Yeah. That is very true. That is right now. So I think that's one of the reasons the unicorn has existed in all cultures is because it's replaying the same story of something that is pure. Mm but we're destroying it. Mm. But I think it's also kind of like, it's a self-examination of our own thoughts and feelings. Yeah. It's almost like you're wanting to take something that's on that level of purity and you're wanting to take it and then not, maybe not necessarily destroy it, but transform it in a a way. Uh, Use it for... A purpose or something that because the unicorn is so out of reach out of you you can't touch it kind of it's so above where humanity is it's like you want to take a hold of that I mean the natural instinct is to want to figure out how how can I be like that how can I get a hold of that and be that pure thing that 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 epitome of magic and yeah well, and I kind of see unicorns as, as being nature in itself without any regard to mm. anything else. Mm. And to be powerful is to be to be powerful is to have the ability to be peaceful. Mm. And I think it's also a reflection of us growing up. Mm. It. I think a lot of times in European, it was also a reflection of medieval Europe had a lot of problems. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was like a a loss of innocence, a loss Loss of, of, yeah, you've matured past the point of of being that pure sweet soul. You're now a whatever, old maid. That's why, I mean, they they probably, I mean, the inclusion of... um, you know, only maidens could could interact with unicorns. Only the purest of hearts could interact with the unicorns. Well, there's there's a little bit of um, reasons why mm. they they think that it, the virgin girl was there. Because most unicorns are considered to be male. Mm. Oh, I see. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Tactful of you. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, and okay, so you say the maidens, and I, and I instantly go to. I'm going to pop culture now because mm-hmm. it's, just, it's mm-hmm. immediately where my mind went. And we've already like we've we've 
we've locked eyes and we've bonded <laughs> over this, the last unicorn. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. And how, like, that one, um, shoot, Molly Grew. Molly Grew, yes. Molly Grew, and when she sees the unicorn and she just breaks down and she just, and, and just, she, how dare you come to me now? And I, and I didn't even realize what was happening when I was younger. I was just like, oh, she just loves the unicorn so much. And I mean, like, duh, like it's a unicorn. If if I saw a unicorn, I'd be freaking out too. Um, But then it was when I grew up and then I read the books and I was like, oh, that's what she meant. That's devastating. Yeah, she had a, like, you could pick up that she's been used, abused, and put up wet. Yes. You know, she has had a rough life, and she's just tried to get by every single day. And here's the thing that I love about that book, love about the movie, Mm. is that it is, I don't know how the guy, a male, a human, white, Caucasian male, (laughs) actually wrote this book. And if you look at it, and you broke it down, and you just write it, erased who the author was you would swear that this is an allegory of a woman growing up yeah and it it, it it's a testament to peter s beagle about how amazingly in touch with just fairy tales and just imagination and love and all this other stuff is and it's like poor guy he's been taken advantage of so, so hard bad. i know and it it's devastating but it's like what a what a great thing that we had the story and then yeah. you got the sequel and it was just like, I mean, the sequel was devastating in its own way, but I mean, and, and like, like I totally agree with you about the, the first book was totally an allegory for a girl growing up. And then the last, the second one was about just coming to terms with the choices that you've made because in the, in the first book, it's, it's almost like um she, she has been, Oh, she's falling in love with humanity. She's mm-hmm. she's recognizing that she's she's coming down from the the high purity of of being a unicorn, and she's 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 mixing it in with the rest of us. She's rubbing elbows with us chaotic <laughs> people who make mistakes all the time, and she's learning how to love that, and then literally falls in love and knows what these feelings are. And then in the second one, it's like she learns to, I mean, accept grief and to. Mm-hmm. That stuff happens, and it's just, it's okay. It's what it is, part of life, part of humanity. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the reasons I think that book and that movie has captured so many people Mm. is because it is an experience that I think a lot of us have, and it was really good that he used the unicorn as an allegory. Yes, the untouchable became something that was approachable. That was approachable. But then forever, Mm. there is a tint, a hint of mortality Mm. and how hard it really is to be human. Mm. And uh, what's at the end? The end is where... You know, when the rabbits are writing poems, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she will still love you. Mm-hmm. And as I've gotten older, I've realized I still love some of my friends that I used to have. I still love. They're people. still there. They're still there. They're still in some part of me. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if when I'm 
cold and knock kneed and my fingers yeah, look can, like the harpy's claws. Yeah, you can look back fondly and be like, I loved them. I loved that point in my life. They gave me such a great gift of, I don't know, laughter, love, friendship, but so I, on and so forth. But I think that's where the allegory comes into that not only are we experiencing with our memories, mm. we're experiencing what it is to be pure. Mm. Yeah. Because I think sometimes our memories, sometimes our recollections, it, probably it wasn't as good as we think it was. <laughs> it was not as fun. I have my rose-tinted glasses on. <laughs> you know, but that's what we think purity is. Mm. And I think that is why I applaud him as a writer to change the unicorn into a female. Mm -hmm. Because it was a female changing in different stages. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we give men credit mm -hmm. for that ability to change mm -hmm. and also change the world. Mm -hmm. But here was this female character that was changing fundamentally. Mm -hmm. And then we come back to not only did she change, but she changed everybody around her. Yes. But it yes. wasn't. Schmendrick the Magician, Molly Grew, everybody else. But it people. wasn't through violence. Mm -hmm. And we're coming back around mm -hmm. to it wasn't violence. Mm -hmm. She did stand up to the Red Bull. Mm -hmm. But she still, she didn't attack. She didn't, she just, she stood her ground. She, she was like, ground. no, like, you're not going to bully me into going into the water or all this yeah. other stuff. Or even the harpy, like, she was like, don't run. Don't, if, you know, the only way we're going to get away is if we calmly leave and just let it do its business. Well, and I think that's where, like, you were co uh, commenting on that they're my, uh, Basically, it's like somebody just cut different animals up and sewed them together. Oh, the chimera. Chimera, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, so the chimera is, I think, like one horn. Besides the one horn, it's a deer. Yeah. It's a deer. It's a goat. It's also got a lion's tail mm -hmm. and a horse's mane. So these are animals that when we were hunters and gatherers, they killed us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They killed us in numbers. Mm -hmm. And here is this thing that chooses not to. Mm -hmm. And I wish that we would understand and read allegories better. Mm. Because every time we read them, we're going to find something different. Mm -hmm. I'm currently rereading The Last Unicorn. Nice. And I am getting so many more things out of it again. Right. It it's always good to revisit the things and, and, and have your, well, and it's almost like it, he revisited the unicorn, the idea of the unicorn and subverted the expectations of what stories had told oh, yeah. all about. I mean, like you said, he is no longer a male. It's mm -hmm. a girl. Uh, it's no longer just this amazingly untouchable creature of good and purity and whatnot. It's learning how to with humanity and and then uh, yeah so it's and it's almost the same thing with the chimera it's like they took the idea of all these things that were you know went bump in the night and got you know got us 
and subverted the expectation of like, hey, let's take all the parts that we like about it and now we let's make it into this thing that's amazing. And Well, and you know, it's kind of like a, different cultures are utilizing the animals in their area that they felt were mystical, magical, had temperaments or mm. special magical abilities and they piecemealed them together. Mm. Okay. Were powerful, I guess. You, I mean, in a sense, powerful. I think it would probably be like having tea, herbal tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, you want a little bit of this because it clears the sinuses, mm -hmm. a little bit of this because it, you know, breaks up the mucus mm -hmm. in the chest mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you you add these things together. That's, yeah, that's interesting. I like yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, Myth mythology is just tea or lasagna. <laughs> that's it. That's our hashtag. Mytholo hashtag mythology is tea or hashtag mythology is lasagna. <laughs> Perfect. Or pizza, or pizza because or pe pizza because you could just throw everything on there, just throw it in the oven True. for a while, pull Unless it back it's... out, and somebody's going to eat it. <laughs> love it, love it. Okay, hashtag mythology is pizza, hashtag mythology is lasagna, hashtag... Mythology a dip or, or chili? Oh, we could do chili, yeah. Never. But it's anything that we just mishmash together. Yeah. And, you know, I think, we, especially the medieval unicorn, is it was white. Mm. Okay. In white, I think white really came back for purity. Yeah, as a color, it's very representative. Of is mainly from purity. Rome. Mm. Romans were really obsessed with white, the color of white, mm. like white clothes, white animals. But a lot of people think that if you see an animal that is has albinoism, mm. and I can't remember the one that's the one step, not albino, but they're almost always white, um, where the melanin, mm. there's some melanin, but it's not yeah, all the I way active. Thinking of the name, but I know what you're talking about. There is a word for it. Um, but when you see those animals, they're suddenly sacred. Mm. Okay. Bears, deer, squirrels. Mm. <laughs> you know, you see them as signs. And so the unicorn then becomes a lasagna sign. <laughs> Better. Hashtag lasagna sign. Lasagna sign. <laughs> Here's your lasagna <laughs> This is bad when I'm a graphic designer and illustrator. My brain's going, hey, that would actually make a really good sticker. <laughs> we we got to get on that. If you guys out there listening want us to make stickers with lasagna sign, let us know. And, we'll, and, and, and the fork will actually look like a unicorn horn. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I don't think we should have oh gotten gosh. together. This no, is this is perfect. And this is exactly the right spot to end our episode because this has been a fantastic conversation. I couldn't have asked for any better. I love this. I love unicorns. Hashtag lasagna sign. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. And I You're will welcome. be asking you back for sure. We will get you on here for something else. I'm positive. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty good at, at throwing things onto the table and just going... Oh, look, that's fun. Another lasagna sign. <laughs> Another lasagna sign. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening and appreciate you. Love you. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. 
This chapter of Campbell's Corner was brought to you by the Possibilities Podcast Platform.